Welcome to Empowered, by women, for women. This podcast brings you inspirational women and their stories, their successes and their experiences along the way. Join us to be challenged and inspired. Brought to you by an M Vintage and hosted by myself, Trudy Kerr. Francesca Feneconti wears many hats. Campaigner, founder of Women for Women, a feminist, a businesswoman, a woman with strong opinions who is never too shy to speak about the current issues and the matters that matter. Well, today we're going to look at some of those issues. Thank you for joining me on the Invintage podcast. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm really well and it's really nice to be here with you. Very excited. Isn't it cool? It's very, very exciting. Very exciting indeed. Fran, when I interviewed you back in November 2015. Wow, that's quite a while ago. Quite a while ago. (laughs) Women for Women was a discussion group. Yes, now Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now it's a foundation. What happened? Okay, so when you interviewed me, um, we were just a few thousand women, I think, at the time. Now we're 41,000 on the group, the Facebook group, just women. Just before COVID hit, um, some friends from the group who I met, some of the members said, you must make this official into a foundation so we can fundraise and we can help more women they came and they encouraged me and they said like listen we'll be on the board we'll help you do this so have i have a lawyer um, an accountant and and, uh, another very good friend of mine who helps me on the board actually now officially a foundation and we can help more women because the idea was always to help women so we help a lot of mothers single mothers uh, mothers with babies, um, women basically, and from all walks of life, and um, it's growing really great. We have, at the moment, I'm really proud of what we're doing. I have Elaine Campagno from Saw, who works with the foundation full time, so it's really good. Um, you sounded nervous though, because when I said to you what happened, mm-hmm. and then you mentioned the Facebook group, forty thousand. And then your face, as you talked about going into a foundation, I mean, this is it's a, a big, big thing. deal. Yes, but it's something because it's I like the fact that it's a foundation because it will go on without me. You know, if when you do a foundation, it's going to be there forever. I hope that in years to come, it will continue to grow and it's not about me and it can keep on helping women, you know, and it will be there, I hope, forever. Well, let's, I, I'm sure it will. Let's go back to the very beginning mm-hmm. because Women for Women, you just mentioned, I interviewed you in 2015. When did that start? Okay, so that's happened because I was in my kitchen one day recovering from a hysterectomy when I was about, I was 45, I think, yes. I just needed to communicate with other women. You know, there was, I was, I had set up Are You Being Served and the Salot where there was a lot of discussion going on. But I couldn't go on the salot and speak about my hysterectomy because I would have been, you know, the trolls. And I said, I, I need a safe space, you know, for for myself. It was a bit of a selfish thing. I need to speak to other women, you know. So I was in the kitchen. I was my husband. Reco- I was recovering my stitches. And I said, I think I, I, sh- I need somewhere to speak to other women, you know. I'm going to set up a group just for women. And he goes, yeah, that's a great idea. So, you know, you can easily create a Facebook group very quickly. So yeah. I just went on Facebook, set it up, and 
I went on the salon and said, I've created a group for women. <laughs> and in seconds, I had a thousand women. So it was great. And it's, now we're 41,000. So. Because well, a lot of people won't realize that you are the person behind Are You Being Served and behind the salon and, and now by, behind Women for Women. I mean, this is a massive audience you have. This has been going on for quite a while. This is, this is incredible. This is a lot of people to reach. It's true. It's true. I don't see it as incredible. It was something that I did from my heart. I mean, it's true. It's very good. And it's especially now my baby is Women for Women. Moira does all the work. Thanks, Moira. <laughs> so, yes, she does all the work on Are You Being Served and the Salat because obviously it's grown so much. So I leave that in her very good hands. And I concentrate more on Women for Women and the foundation because it takes a lot of work. Well, let's have a look at the foundation because mm -hmm. the Women for Women Foundation states... Mm -hmm. We empower women with tools to be independent and support themselves and their children mm -hmm. to take better control of their lives. This is done by offering emergency support, mm -hmm. education support, and mentoring to women from all walks of life. Now, I would expect that in the 21st century and in a first world country, the issues mentioned in this statement wouldn't be commonplace. Mm. They, they wouldn't be in issues. In an equal society, yes. <laughs> so what are the roots of these challenges? And okay. how extensive are... What, what are we talking about? What, how We're extensive are they? We're talking about stereotypes and the patriarchy, um, a word that a lot of people don't agree with. But um, basically, it's a patriarchal society where women are meant to stay at home and the men are the breadwinners. It's not a... I mean, it, there's nothing. It just happened. No one's to blame. It's how it is. It's changing. A lot of women are going out to work now, much more. But... Um, it creates a power imbalance in the home. So then if you don't work and you've never worked and you're not independent and you, you don't have any money and you're in a bad situation, your domestic violence is very rife, unfortunately. To move out, it's very difficult to start again. Now we know with the rent, it's a lot, there's a lot mm. of women who are struggling financially and we try to help women who want to help themselves. We're not a, a free for all giving, you know, you have to want to change your way and you want to learn, you want to have courses, you want to study, you want to help yourself, we will help you to help yourself. We'll give you that hand up, not a handout. We'll, we'll give you a handout if you need it in, you know, in an emergency situation. There are women who, for example, they can't afford to buy a fridge. How can you move on with life if you don't even have enough money to buy a fridge. You can't. So we try and mentor. We work with social workers, hand in hand with social workers. So the cases are genuine. But we always try and make sure that, listen, you know, this is just something, a band-aid. You can't live on band-aids. You need to find a job. You need to study. You need to work hard. Nothing comes free in life. It's all about hard work. I was a single mother myself for many years. I worked three jobs. I had students in my home. Like you, you've always worked. I know, Trudy. You know, I see you. You know, it's, it's so important. It's not only important financially. It also gives you the confidence to go out. You're getting out of the house. You know, your children are seeing you working. Um, so I think it's really important. Well, you've done an amazing job. But let me ask you, you think these issues are specific to Malta? Are they not global issues or are they more specific to Malta? Yes, they are global issues, but um, in Malta they're more specific because we are, um, the patriarch, patriarch is much stronger here. We still have the mentality in Malta as always, sadly, 20, 30 years behind. We're slower to catch on to different ideas, new, new stuff. So especially our inequality comes in our representation in Parliament, for example. We're the worst off, you know, in Malta is the worst 
we're bottom of the list. So that's everything makes a difference. All the small invisible hurdles are magnified sort of in Malta. So But why do you think that's because it's run by men. It's <laughs> not because it's it's not their fault. It's not a bad thing. It's just how it happens. You know, it's been it's generational. But why Malta and not the UK? Or why is it more prevalent in, in Malta? Malta. I think maybe because we're small and it's difficult to break away. Um, I find that women haven't been empowered enough to to. To, to realise that they can do it on their own. And we do have some very powerful mm. women in Malta. Mm. We have had some very powerful yes. women in Malta. Have we? We don't have that many role models. As a child growing up, female role models were not the thing. We had Agatha Barbara. She was only probably the only female who was present at my, in my time. Everyone else was we're men, you know, it's even today, most of the role models are men. Television, if you, you're into media, I th if you study and you see the representation of women in the media according against men, see that there's more men everywhere, in parliament, in media, in top positions. It's, a, it's, a, it's an issue that is institutionalized. It needs to break away and stop and change, but it's gonna take years. So I'm really glad with the quotas, for example, in parliament. Well, we're going to come to that okay. in just a second. Before we get <laughs> mm -hmm. there, I've heard education being mentioned several times recently mm -hmm. uh, in the Invintage podcast with Crystal, who supports women's education yes. through Invintage. You've mentioned it yourself just now. And the new Victorians who are running an education program for women. Mm -hmm. So explain to me what change education enables. I can't speak for myself, okay? So I also, I experienced this myself. I had never been to university. I left school at 16 with my O-levels, that's all. Never did my A-levels. And I was lucky, I always got jobs. I, I have a good work attitude, I think, because this is another thing, attitude. It's not only qualifications. Qualifications help, but you have to have can-do attitude. I want to learn attitude. So. I would start a job and I'd always move on, I'd move up because I always wanted to learn more and I was always a keen learner. But I never studied. At 48, I went to university. <laughs> Good for you. And it changed my life, you know, seriously. It changed my life. The course I did was social policy, which was very enlightening. It's obviously all about social, the first year is social work and social policy. So um, now I'm doing my master's. So I did three years and now I'm doing my master's. I, I always put myself down and said, no, I'm not good at studying. I'm not good at... And what I needed was some encouragement from my husband, my friends, um, Women for Women. A lot of women encouraged me when I said, I would like to study on Women for Women. And all of a sudden I had lecturers, friends telling me, come on, you can do it, you can do it. And I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And Sometimes you just need to take the plunge and, and go for it, you know? And it can be anything. It doesn't need to be university. Just start from somewhere. Even if it's a passion, you know, if it's a hairdressing, nails, whatever. Learn something, a skill, something. It changed your life. The more you study, for me, really changed my way of thinking about things. So You've mentioned now mm -hmm. three times mm -hmm. your life as a motivation for women for women. You as a single mum, mm -hmm. you in a patriarchal society, and you as somebody who needs education. Yeah. Is women for women kind of based on your own personal experience? I think so. <laughs> Very much so, but my experience is not unique, so that's why it re resonates so well with everyone. You know, There's loads of single mothers, loads of women who wish they could have done more with their lives, um, wake up at 45 and say, oh, I, you know, 
midlife crisis and you turn yourself around. We don't go and buy a new car. We study <laughs> like the men. <laughs> so, so yes. So, um, but you talk about the education um, mm. and the fact it's your midlife crisis. Mm. You didn't go out and buy a Ferrari. Yes. You got yourself a Masters. <laughs> I like that. Um, probably safer, to be yes. honest. But you talked about education as something that's been very empowering mm. for you. Mm-hmm. Is it because it's elevated you in your career or is it because it built you as an individual it built me as an individual and changed my way of seeing things and, and and life and opened my eyes to different realities it's nothing to do with the job or financial it was which it does help a lot with for other people but it, I, it wasn't my motivator my motivator was i wanted to self to grow i wanted to become more self-aware to grow myself and to become a better person you know the more you learn and the more you listen the more you hear the more you can help others. This is why I chose social work and social policy, because I really wanted to take what I was doing to a different level and to have the backing to know more, you know. Um, I realized that I knew nothing. <laughs> and I wanted to know more, you know, about what I was doing. I wanted to have the the, te- the theory behind what I was doing and, and to learn from the people who had been there before me, you know. And this is why education is so important for Women for Women. Yes. And wh- why education keeps coming up all the time mm-hmm. as a topic that would empower women. Definitely, because it empowers you first. And when you feel empowered, you have confidence. You have much more confidence to go forward, to try to start again, to start a new life. Um, and I think the education is that first step. With, with the money that Crystal did um, had donated, we managed to organise um private lessons for um, O-levels, for women who had never done their English and maths O-level. Because if you don't have your English and maths O-level, it's very difficult to find a job or to progress to another course. So we started with the very basics, and I'm really happy to see that um, a number of the the women who uh, were, they didn't all unfortunately continue, but they went through all the course, and they're now sitting for their O-levels in June, their English O-level, and they're starting their maths. So it's really important, and that will give them the courage and the confidence that they can do it. The fact that they send me messages, thanks, you know, I'm, I just applied, and I get sometimes, what do you think of this essay, you know? <laughs> it's like, is it good? Yes. <laughs> How lovely. It's lovely, it's lovely. No, it's really nice. And uh, to see people progressing, you know, and, and um, wanting to better themselves, which is so beautiful, you know? That is, that's what I, I love to see. People who I got to know a few years ago now, for example, one is studying to become a nurse. She's, it's amazing, you know? And she tells me, you inspired me when you wrote on the on the group that you were that you were studying yourself. So she's a part-time nurse. You know, there's so much. It's it's beautiful, you know. You mentioned that the foundation was launched a little before COVID. Mm-hmm. What are the issues that have faced women in COVID mm. that is specific to COVID or more prevalent? Okay, so COVID has really hit a lot of women especially who lost their jobs especially at the very beginning till subsidies were coming in and it takes it takes time to 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 get the money from the government and even to apply for subsidies of rent and and stuff like that so that's a big issue so that's another thing that to do at the foundation try and help with food because i mean how can you stay without food your rent they pay the rent was it really that bad though because we, we've done okay malta's done okay surely that's what you think <laughs> unfortunately it's really not doing okay in some for some people it's been very very difficult and it's always difficult for women because women have the children 
and children obviously need a lot of attention. You can't just go out to work and dump your children. The childcare centers were closed. What do you do? So it really impacted a lot of women. They lost their jobs. They're now starting to try and find other jobs, but without, with the children not at school, it was very difficult. So we're helping a lot of women who are trying to get back on their feet. Hopefully the crisis will end and now with us all being vaccinated, they can go back to work. There are a lot of women who did nails and hair. They call us like, listen, you know, I'm really trying, but I'm really struggling here. You know, I have the children, they, they're at home, young children. So you mentioned obviously the work situation and women struggling through that and and you've just brought my attention to the fact that of course if you've lost your job and your kids are at home you're stuck what are the other issues that maybe i may not have thought of that affect women during covid okay so domestic violence is an issue um that was quite bad um why because you're with your perpetrator, you're living in the same house all the time, you can't get away, you can't use the telephone, you can't... If you're there and you're usually... Um, you have someone who's always asking you, what, who are you talking to? Where are you going? What's the shopping? What's this? Well, how much did you spend today? What did you do? It's very difficult. It gets very, really, really difficult to, to even imagine. Even when they do separate, they keep on being very controlling. So, for example, we have issues where fathers refuse to sign for their children to go to childcare. If you don't have the signature of you can't work, you can't send your child to childcare. So you want to work, but you can't send your child to childcare because your ex will refuse to sign. And for that's example. where the patriarchal society exactly. comes in, in the not-so-obvious ways. We're not talking exactly. about government leaders we're talking about men having control over the situation in their ex's home yes. let alone their partner's yes, home exactly and they control the money in the home so it's very difficult if you don't have any money you're not going to get out because a lot of people say why don't they leave believe me you don't leave if you don't have money and you have three children where do you go i mean you can go to a shelter but it's temporary after that that's what happens they leave the shelter and they have to try and find somewhere to rent at 600 for one room with a job at, which is giving you 750, the minimum wage. It's impossible to cope with three children on minimum wage. And we try and help them in the meantime because there are the rent subsidies, but they take long, six weeks, eight weeks to come in. Even if um, a woman leaves a shelter and she's on social benefits, even those take long to, to come in. There's always this six-week gap. You're really opening my eyes mm -hmm. to a subculture and a issues that maybe I would never have thought about. You've mentioned patriarchs. You've mentioned, mentioned patriarchal societies. You've mentioned men playing a role in a lot, of, a lot of things. So I want to ask you about the F word question. And feminism. <laughs> <laughs> Francesca, would you consider yourself a feminist? Of course. <laughs> But, it, but don't you think, let's talk about this okay. for a second. Because Why what, aren't what you? Does, don't you consider yourself a feminist? <laughs> you're asking me. Nobody asks me the question. I'm the, I'm the one that asks the questions. Well, listen, before we, we say whether I'm a feminist or not, you've said, yes, absolutely, I'm a feminist. What do you consider a feminist to be? Because it is quite a dirty word. I don't consider it a dirty word at all. But I know that a lot of people do for some reason because they have a wrong impression of what feminism is. 
we don't hate men. I don't hate men. I love. I have a son. I love my husband. I love. I love men. But obviously, it's the patriarchy we're fighting. That's what we stand up against. That is not the men's fault, because it's something so ingrained in us. We don't even know it's there. We take everything for granted. We take it for granted that men are doctors, for example. Men are lawyers. Now it's getting better. But the heroes are men. The strong people are men. The women are the weak ones. You know. So it's just ingrained in us. They believe as a feminist that this is what we have to break the gender imbalance gender equality women standing up for women i mentioned the word feminist and i i mm-hmm. had tongue in cheek when i said it was a dirty word because i grew up 70s 80s mm-hmm. and feminists were dungaree wearing <laughs> banner cladding bra burning mm-hmm. women and of course that's not actually what you're describing. But somebody said to me recently, uh, I'm not a feminist, I'm an equalist. And because I think sometimes that word feminism is associated with women browbeating and screaming and so on. They were doing it for a reason. And it's still some reasons are still there, you know. And remember that we're standing on their shoulders. We wouldn't be here talking and voting and doing so many things and having jobs. We'd still be in the kitchen washing the dishes if it wasn't for the feminists. So we have to give them some respect. Your passion for women for women, your passion to empower women, educate women, support women, is so incredibly visible, not only in the words that you say, but on the expressions on your face. I want to finish up by asking you, how can we as women support each other? It's very simple, just being there to listen to each other and uplifting each other. If I see you, I say, hi, Trudy, great, you know, everything positive. Why do we have to try and put each other down? Especially our girls, our children, you know. Um, My mom just passed away. And I think one of the reasons that I do Women for Women is because I saw that she had so much potential, but because of the patriarchal society that we live in, she didn't have the chance and the opportunity. I don't want any other women not to have to be able to reach their full potential. I want women to reach their full potential through education, through supporting each other. And if I can help even just one woman, that for me is, I'm, I'm happy. So I am absolutely 100% sure she'll be very proud. We'll give out the details alongside this post if anybody wants to get in touch. But where is the easiest place to find you? <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> Of course it is. Of course it is. For sure. Anyone can contact me on my, uh, on my Facebook on, through Messenger. And if you want to help or volunteer, please do contact us. And please, Fran, never stop doing what you do. Thank you. Never stop championing women and supporting women. Thank you so much for being thank with you. us today. And thanks to M Vintage too.